What's up, y'all? This is Lee with Pop Evil, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks! Hey, this is Chris Roderick of Megadeth, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. What's up, everybody? This is Tony from Pop Evil, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Check it out. Hey, this is David Ellison from Megadeth, and you are here with Iron City Rocks. All right, Welcome to episode 148 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I am your host, John, coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This episode, we have two special guests uh, coming at you. We have from the band Megadeth, legendary bassist David Ellison, who's got a new book we're going to talk about. And we also have from a hot new band called Pop Evil, uh, who were just in Pittsburgh uh, about two weeks ago doing a show at Stage AE. We got a chance to talk to Lee, the lead vocalist of the band, so we're going to get to that interview in just a little bit. But first, we're going to start you out with David Ellison, who has a new book out called Unsung Words and Images. It's available at Blurb, B L U R B dot com. Uh, it's actually a website that you can do self publishing on. Uh, David uh, did some lyrics. Uh, and set them to photographs uh, in, in a book. The book is available as an ebook uh, for your iPad or iPhone currently, or you can buy a hardback edition of it. It's sort of a coffee table type book. So David was kind enough to come on the show and talk to us about it, and uh, we were more than glad to chat with him as well. And also, Megadeth will be coming to Stage AE in Pittsburgh on May 16th with Rob Zombie. Uh, in Lacuna Coil, and if you're not in Pittsburgh, and uh, we welcome you if you're not, they are also doing many, many more dates across the country. So uh, the chance to see Megadeth, Rob Zombie, and Lacuna Coil should be a great night of uh, three pretty cool, distinct uh, metal sounds and styles. So without further ado, we're going to get to David Ellison. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show David Ellison of Megadeth. How are you doing, David? Good. How are you? I'm doing really good. I um, wanted to get in touch with you and talk to you about you have just released, uh, as of yesterday, a, uh, a book. And uh, I have it here in front of me, and I'm, I'm taking a look at this. It's Maybe I'll let you kind of describe what the book is and what the inspiration for the book was. Sure. It's basically a lyric book that has lyrics, I guess, kind of borderline poetry and what I think will eventually become some spoken word uh, work out of it. But I, I had these lyrics, um, stuff that I've written, most of it I've, I've written recently, a few things that I've had for a little while. But I, I had them and, and I, I thought, thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool to just set them to, rather than putting them, always putting lyrics to music, putting them to, to, against photographic images, photographs that would sort of tell another story or help maybe to explain the story. Um, you know, because music, you're listening audio and, of course, uh, pictures you're looking at it visually so you're basically engaging a different sense or one of our senses in order to kind of help tell the story of lyrics so that's what it is that's why it's called unsung these are all brand new lyrics things that have not been put to music 
so this is not a it's not a collection of past lyrics that you can already hear on recorded music of mine. These are all brand new lyrics, uh, with the idea of being put to photograph images. Now, are these uh, more recently written out uh, lyrics, or this kind of stuff you've kind of collected over the years? It's a little bit of a couple couple things I've 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 kind of held back. Um, most of the rest of the stuff is all fairly recent stuff I've written here in the last couple of years. Um, you know, it's kind of funny because the idea came to me over the um, over the holiday break in December. Um, a friend of mine who is actually one of the uh, collaborators and, and one of the contributors on the book, uh, Brent Nelson, a friend of mine here in, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona area where I live, he had done a poetry book that was very similar. It was really dark. It had this really dark flavor to it, and I, and I, which, which is what intrigued me about it. And so um, initially I had a couple lyrics, and I, I sent them over to him, and I said, hey, you know, you've got a really good uh, – uh, sense of this, and this is the thing I like about co-writing is is I'm oftentimes really good at creating ideas and getting the seed of an idea, maybe the title, even verses, choruses, put some things together. Right. But sometimes collaboration with other people helps you complete an idea, um, and oftentimes complete it in a in a it takes it to a place where maybe you didn't ever envision it going. Yeah. And um, and provided you can both be satisfied with that at the at the completion of it, that can I, that that right there is the single thing that I really like about collaboration. So actually, Brent had collaborated on completing a couple of lyric ideas. One of them he just kind of did some cleanup work, and another he actually really you know was definitely a co-writer with me on. And that's really what started the creative journey. And then and then he helped bring some of the people together. Uh, a woman named Raffaella out of Italy, who we used all of her photographic images to go along with the lyrics. And then our uh, editor, Libby, who is over in London. So we're actually, it's kind of fun because the book is available on blurb.com mm-hmm. uh, in both the, pr- the printed version or I actually recommend, you know, for only $7.99, you can buy the the download uh, iPad, iPhone, or basically iTunes version that you can just download and, and, and use it on your iPad or your iPhone, and it looks fantastic. Yeah, it is really cool, and that's actually what I have in front of me. Um did you, so these were all lyrics first, then images were selected to kind of best reflect. Did you end up tailoring any of these after looking at the image and maybe getting another idea or these kind of? No, these? and it's interesting you bring that up because um, when you write a lyric, you know, when you put a lyric to music, um, you always have to tailor your words to fit within the confines of the music. Either yeah. you have to fit the amount of syllables, um the uh the rhyme scheme and and oftentimes i find as a as a lyric writer that that sometimes compromises your thought and i sure. think anybody who's ever written any kind of poetry or music you know sometimes all of a sudden you realize you go, oh my gosh i've locked myself into a rhyme scheme here and now i got to come up with some words that rhymes yeah. But no word rhymes with clock or whatever. Yeah. So, you, so you realize you're compromising with the thought you're trying to express because you have to come up with some cheesy word that makes a rhyme work, you know. Yeah. And and that's one of the beauty things about doing this book is I didn't have to be locked into rhyme schemes. Um, and I certainly didn't have to be locked into words that, that mandated that I fit it to some sort of predetermined format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and can you talk a little bit about, I think, to me, when I, I read through these, the one that really stuck out to me was the cycle, um, where that particular one came from. I mean, obviously, that, that speaks to, you know, America, probably coast to coast, but what particularly triggered you for that one? Yeah, well, thank you. You know, I have a friend of mine um, who's, 
son was uh, murdered at gunpoint, and it was it was involved in a it was it was it was over a, a drug thing, and um, and 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 that was where the like father like son thing started, um, and that initially was the lyric I had was like father like son. And as Brent and I went through it, um, I started, I had like father like son, and then I, I the lyric idea kind of took me to, well, why should it just be a, a, a son and a father? How about a, a girl and a daughter, or a girl and a father? And, and what then, how I sort of completed the idea was that there's sort of this, it isn't just about a broken home. You know, there's a saying that it takes a village to raise a child, you know. So it isn't just about the home. There's an entire network of friends and community and everybody that is involved in, in, in raising a family. And uh, you can't just point the finger at, say, the dad or point the finger at any one thing. And, and that was really where that story came out. And, I, and, and I, the storyline became so long and involved that I actually split it into three different works. So it's... The cycle is like father, like son, daddy's little girl, and then the redemption is sort of the light at the end of the tunnel at the end of it. Right. Now, were, were all these, I guess this, this particular uh, piece kind of struck me because the images seem to fit so well. Did you, did she happen to have these photographs already, or did you say, you know, the one of the daughter especially I thought was, was fantastic. Did you have to say, can you go and find me something like this and take it? You know, fortunately, Raffaella has a lot of photographs, and she has, you know, it's interesting, and again, this is part of a collaboration, you know, Raffaella, to this book, with her photography, would be almost like me writing lyrics and hooking up with a guitar player who could write music or something, you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. it's like the, the partnership, you know, and, and I, I always loved, years ago as a kid, listening to Elton John, because Elton wrote the music and Bernie Taupin was the lyricist, mm-hmm. yet... Elton would sing these songs and they were meshed together, you know, just perfectly, you know, as if, as if Elton just sat at his piano and wrote it. And, and that to me is just, just magical musical partnership, you know, and, and a similar type of thing happened with Raffaella and these images because, um, she had these images and we, and we agreed from the beginning that there's something we needed, she would certainly go out and shoot it. But as she, as she would, you know, we would have a, we would have a, a lyric idea. We'd look through her catalog of work and, and uh, or maybe she would suggest something, and, and all of a sudden it's like these pieces just fell right in our lap, and um, and so it, you know you know when you're my experience with writing albums is you know when you're when you've written enough material and it's time to go in the studio, and then when you're in the studio that another process takes place, and pretty soon you know okay this record is done, we need to now mix it, and we need to get out of the studio because they're done. And that same process happened with the book, um, and especially as we were putting together a piece like The Cycle, which is essentially, you know, it's, it's three pieces. It's, it's, a, it's a concept. It's like 2112 or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're telling a story here. And it's like you kind of you get the lyrics, and you know you're good, and you get the images, and you know you're good. And it kind of went like that through the whole process of the book. That Actually, the final, the final uh, piece that I put in here was Dungeon of the Universe, um, which initially our editor Libby said, nah, I don't know if we need it, but I really, I just felt like it needed that one final piece in there, and that was the final one that we ended up putting in there. And, and again, that was when I knew, okay, you know what, we are done now. That's it. Yeah. Now, how was it? I mean, I know obviously a lot of musicians are getting into uh, to writing books. I mean, uh, you know, Zach Wilde has a book coming out in a couple of days. Um, Sammy Hagar, uh, Dave Mustaine, obviously. Um, your project is certainly different. Um, you know, this doesn't start here's where I grew up and here's where I'm at now. Um, 
how liberating was this to kind of, you know, choose your own destiny and the, with Blurb, you know, being the self-publishing and not having a, you know, them breathing down your neck because they want it to be a certain way to be commercial. How liberating was that? You know, it was extremely liberating. I mean, it was, I could do whatever I wanted, you know. And we looked into several self-publishers, and essentially this type of method, um, there, there are some restrictions to it, you know, which is that you can't just walk into Barnes & Noble and it's not just sitting on the shelf right there. So I realized going into it, this isn't about selling a ton of books and making a lot of money. <laughs> so I realized that first. But, you know, I didn't get into music or get into any of this to make money, and, and so far I've been provided for, you know. So... I had to take the approach of, you know, this is really, this is an artistic endeavor. Enjoy the creative process with it. And, and you know, we looked into both Lulu and Blurb, and they're, they're probably the two of probably the, the first points of, of entry into this type of a book, which is very heavy stock paper. Um, you know, it's, it's not like a sort of a John Grisham novel where it's, uh, you know, thin paper with just black text over white right. paper. It's a very, very photo-intensive, um, you know, the, the thick stock of the paper. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's. It, this is really more like a, almost like a coffee table top type of book, you know. Absolutely. Um, and and so there's you're 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 a bit, you know, there, there's there's certain places to go to, it. and I felt Blurb was was one of the best ones for two reasons. One, I could get the high quality uh, print that I want, and granted, it's not cheap. And I I wish I could have gotten the prices cheaper because I know lots of times people look at price, and you might get a little sticker shock when you look at this one. But what the other reason that I like Blurb is because you can get it on the on the iPad download. Yeah. And more and more. Book publishing is going the same way that the record industry went, which is physical product of records, cassettes, and CDs are starting to vanish. Mm-hmm. And just like we've been buying MP3s for our iPods, you know, more and more book publishing is being able to be digitally distributed down onto portable devices like iPods and Kindles, so yeah. or iPads and Kindles and stuff. So that's one of the reasons I felt Blurb was was a great place to start with. On this, and now I'm looking at some other global distribution because I realize a lot of my fans around the world that may want to actually physically hold the the, the printed version. Um, I'm I'm now moving. Now that I've got it released, I have it out. Now I'm going to be moving and working toward getting securing some other uh, global distribution so that anybody who may want to actually purchase a a printed copy can hold that in their hands too. Wonderful. Uh, just one other question on the book. I noticed you had a couple quotes in here from some relatively famous people, Thoreau and Cohen. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's quote, how did that, that make it in there? That was kind of humorous when you had the Hasta La Vista. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. I, it, it was, it, it, it was meant to be that because obviously there's kind of a, there's a heavy tone to a lot of it because a sure. lot of this stuff is thoughtful and introspective and, and these are sort of thoughts within the mind, you know, and, and that's one of those that I thought everybody could relate to. That yeah. one. So um, I thought, you know, whether you're a book buff or whatever, pretty much everybody knows Arnie and they know that line from him. Yeah, it's just a little bit of levity in the middle of the book. Now, yeah. um, you guys uh, are taking a, a pretty short break here. You just finished the Gigantor. Uh, obviously, that was uh, very successful. And you're going to be hitting the road with Rob Zombie. How did that uh, pairing kind of come about? You know, I think it's a good pairing. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, managers talk and agents talk and ideas are presented. And, uh, you know, we're certainly in the middle of the world tour right now for the latest album, 13. So, um, Gigantour, what was nice about that is that we could wrap Canada and a 
fairly decent part of of the United States together into a tour. You know, the United States, historically, you can't do it in one swing. You kind of have to do it in two or three different legs in order to really, you know, get everywhere in the tour. Um, so Gigantour was designed to hit a certain part of it. Um, I think going out with Rob Zombie, it's a good bill, you know. Um they're stylistically, we're very different. We do something very different. So I think that always gives the fans a good bang for their buck when they buy the ticket. It makes a good night out. But it also, for Megadeth, allows us to hit some other parts of the United States that we were not able to hit on this first swing with Gigantor. Yeah, which us in Pittsburgh, we're very glad to see that coming back. Uh, you know, we got to see you in the, uh, with a Rockstar Energy Drink Festival last year, which was great. Uh, but it'll be good to see you guys coming back and doing a longer set. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's the other thing too. Is it allows us to bring a bigger production and and um, and and kind of expand our show a bit. Have you guys worked out the detail? Are you guys going to switch nights to to close the show, or is that still to be determined? No, because of the way the production flow is, we're going to leave it that we'll play before Rob, and then he'll he'll close the show out. Which I'm going to be honest with you, I don't mind that. You know, mm-hmm. Gigant Tour where we just played, where we close the show every night. Obviously, that's you know cool because you get to you know be the closer. Mm-hmm. But on a co-headliner like this, oftentimes you know I I don't mind being the the spot right before closing. Sometimes the audience is fresher. Yeah. Um, they're kind of right in their prime. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so it's a good time to, you know, to go out and do that. I think musically, it's a good match, and it works really well for us to play in that slot. Yeah, and you guys obviously selected a, a, another great band with you, Lacuna Coil, so it's going to be a great night out yep. for everybody. Well, Dave, I don't want to take any more of your time. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Yes, you're welcome, and thank you very much for uh, checking the book out. I really appreciate it. I always wanted to learn to play guitar, but never had the time. Then I heard about Progressions Music Studio. Progressions introduced me to an entirely new and convenient method of music instruction. They brought the music to me. The instructors from Progressions Music Studio came to my home with their knowledge and expertise, which saved me time and money. They worked around my schedule and tailored the program around my needs and skill level. Best of all, I learned to play music like a guitar king of the 1960s. We didn't spend all of our time with drills or tunes from the 1860s. Progressions Music Studio offers a lot more than guitar. In fact, they have instructors for almost all instruments. Now I can rock it out on my electric like never before. Just imagine what they can do for you or the budding musician in your family. Don't make excuses. Make music. Check them out on the web at progressionsmusicstudio.com. That's P-R-O-G-R-E-S-S-I-O-N-S, musicstudio.com. Or call 724-777-4678. Don't miss Rise Against with a day to remember and title fight Sunday, May 6th at Stage AE Outdoors. This show has been moved from the Trip Total Media Amphitheater. All previously purchased tickets will be honored. Don't miss Rise Against with special guest A Day to Remember. Sunday, May 6th at Stage AE Outdoor. Tickets on sale now at all Ticketmaster locations. Charge by phone at 800-745-3000 or online at Ticketmaster.com. For more information, visit StageAE.com. Rise Against, originally scheduled at Trip Total Media Amphitheater, has been moved to Stage AE Outdoors, 400 North Shore Drive. Rise Against, now at Stage AE. All previously purchased tickets will be honored. Join us May 6th at Stage AE for Rise Against and a day to remember. Brought to you by Promo West North Shore, Coors Light, and the Exit 105.9.
All right, a giant thanks to David Ellison of the Mighty Megadeth for coming on the show. Don't forget they will be in town on May 16th, play Stage AE. Also, if you're a fan of uh, David Ellison and Megadeth, I encourage you wholeheartedly to check out our website or uh, click on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash Iron City Rocks. We are running a contest in conjunction with the Cast Iron Ring, which uh, the Iron City Rocks is a part of. And on Cast Iron Ring, we are uh, asking you to check out David's new book. There is an excerpt from the book uh, once you like the Cast Iron Ring Facebook page. Uh, and then you can just fill it out, write a little bit about what you like about the book, uh, and enter to win an autographed photo from David. Uh, the picture is also on the Cast Iron Ring Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash the Cast Iron Ring. Uh, really cool shot of David taken from the Mayhem Festival in 2011 out at uh, First Niagara Pavilion in Bergstown. David's going to sign a uh, copy for you, and we'll get it out to the winner. So that ends on, I believe, April 7th. Also, speaking of contests, we just gave away over the weekend the first of two pairs of tickets to see Great White on April 6th at the Pepsi-Cola Roadhouse out in Burgettstown. Great White uh, will be coming into town doing a show, and we're going to give you a chance not only to see the show for free, but to check out the sound check for free and also meet the band, get some pictures taken with the guys before the show. So uh, be on the lookout at facebook.com forward slash Iron City Rocks. We'll be doing another entry for that this week as well, and that'll be an easy one to enter. I'm not going to make anything complicated out of that. So, uh, again, uh, Megadeth fans, check out facebook.com forward slash the cast iron ring. Great white fans, facebook.com forward slash iron city rocks. You can get the one from the other and vice versa. So, hope you enjoy that. Also, uh, we want to get to an interview. Sean, uh, one of our. Uh, team did with uh, Lee of Pop Evil. Pop Evil is a band that if you've been listening to Iron City Rocks for any more than about six months uh, you know I've been raving about the band. Tony, the guitarist, came on the show last year uh, and did an interview with us. Uh, Lee was gracious enough to sit down with Sean and do an interview when they were in town on March 15th doing a show at Stage AE. So without further ado, we'll get to Sean's interview with Lee of Pop Evil. Welcome to the show. Hi, uh, I'm here with Lee from the band Pop Evil. Um, so uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Um, Absolutely. As far as how's the tour, how's the tour going? Tour's been great. You know, we're gearing up for our big spring tour with uh, Theory of a Dead Man. So we've been doing a lot of headlining runs before that, and it's just exciting to see the crowds getting bigger and bigger, and the popularity of our band just keeps growing. So it's been great. It seems like you guys have been touring like almost nonstop for and two years. It's... Nonstop, nonstop. You know, it's just. It's uh, since it's just the only way to break the band these days, you know. And right. the best word of uh, the best uh, way to break your band is word of mouth, and that's kind of what we've been doing. So obviously, live shows very, very important nowadays. A lot of shows, very important for um, sure. You guys, I mean, how do you guys uh, find time like write record and write the last well, record? Or? Well, in the, the last record, we we had a lot of new material already written. I guess this this way we do too, but we kind of have a better strategy this record that. You know, there's not that same, there's not that same, um, I guess, stress that, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's our first time working with a big A-list producer. I mean, we've worked with Johnny before, you know, we're planning on hopefully working with Johnny again and, and, um, you know, we're going to really just right now focus on the touring and, um, 
really once it becomes time to do the demo process for the next record we're going to dive right into that at first and i mean that's a totally different animal but it's 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 a unique kind of fun that i know we're ready to embrace and uh, i know a lot of us have a lot of great ideas we've had just kind of writing over over the course of this album cycle but um you know we're, we're just we're kind of going to just start fresh you know we're going to uh, again, like you said, we, we you find time a little bit here and there to, mm -hmm. to, to write some ideas uh, conceptually with with yourself or with a couple of the other guys one on one. But for the most part, it's been busy nonstop with this record. So once we start demoing, uh, hopefully we'll get some time off to um to really get back in the studio and really hash those ideas out. But we're excited to you know just to really get some new music in uh, when that time does come. You know, just kind of kind of let that cycle just kind of let it. Be its own animal. Just kind of go from there. War of Angels is your uh, your second album. First album right. was uh, Lipstick on the Mirror. Um, was there anything you guys wanted to do differently on the second album? Because I noticed, like, one thing that stuck out to me was it was a lot heavier than the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that something you guys wanted to do? Yeah, or? absolutely. I mean, I think the, the the biggest thing we wanted to do a lot of things with this first record. I mean, the first thing was when we did Lipstick on the Mirror. It was basically demos. You know, we worked and did demos, and we were polishing up demos, and we got signed to Universal repolished up the demos you know we never really had a chance to work with the a-list producer and really sonically get the album where we always wanted you know and when we had the opportunity to finally work with an a-list producer um, juggled a few but we really decided johnny k what he had done with disturb and what he'd done with three doors down and stain you know we're like you know our band our band kind of fits in that vein you know we're like that's kind of we have ballads and we have heavy songs pop evil is the name that's why you know and so we wanted a producer that can give us the grimy guitar and bass tones but also at the same time be able to uh let me explore different melodies vocally and uh and kind of transition to that next sophomore album that we were looking forward to do so you know when that was done you know we wanted a heavy record and we wanted um you know we wanted a sonic album that was uh comparable with any of the big guys out there and uh did an amazing job and we were stoked and getting back to the question you asked me before we're excited for you know with the confidence that we have in the studio now that we didn't have when we right. did you know war of angels we're excited to see what we can come up with cool, cool. how was it working with johnny k oh man he's incredible johnny is uh he helped he's helped give us our identity you yeah. know and that was part of the uh, when we first met with him the early meetings about trying to set up this new record was uh, identity for pop evil you know we wanted a sound where when you listen to us on the radio you're like oh my gosh that's pop evil that's pop evil and you know that's happening more and more now obviously right. still being new mm -hmm. sometimes everyone compares bands to other bands and, and of course everyone's going to sound like something I mean we're all using the same guitars in a way and we're all <laughs> using the same chords in a way so yeah you're going to sound like you know other bands and especially we we love a lot of bands that influence us and you know it probably comes out in, yeah. in, in our writing you know and but you know we're just trying to just grind and, and just stay focused and, and hopefully you know we can get back in with johnny and like i said he can help us uh you know get to the next level on this next record you know where we um hopefully take us some places we didn't even imagine we'd go to like you did on this one one thing I liked about uh, the War of Angels was, you know, listening to it. There is a lot of different types of songs on there. There's yeah. something on there that's like for everyone. Really, you got the yeah. heavy songs. You got the, you know, you got the ballads and whatnot. Right. Um, and one thing that really stands out is there was there's really not a bad song on the record. You know, oh, a thank lot of you. times, you thank know, you. bands will release an album and there'll be like you know four or five good songs and right. some filler. And sure. It's, like you know, it's, it's it's rare to actually you know get an album where there's not a lot of filler. We so, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, this one thing is, and I guess yeah, that's important too. Like I guess now, like selling the album, like with iTunes and things like that, yeah. you just buy the track, yeah, instead of just you know buying the whole album. Well, it's important too, like because iTunes, like albums are getting cheaper, cheaper. I think our new album right now is the deluxe version available on iTunes. It's like seven ninety nine. They're mm -hmm. doing it. Um, yeah, you know, like I mean, that's a big, 
thing that I know the band demands we demand of each other like we want every song to be hooky right. and every chorus to be able to be a sing-alongy chorus you know and yeah. you run the risk of heavier rock dudes thinking it's cheesy but at the end of the day we want we want people to sing along man we want yeah. people to be able to sing to the songs we don't want to be so metaphorical where you, you distance anybody or you alienate people you know I mean with a name like Pop Evil that's kind of what our band's about you know being able to start the album with Last Man Standing which is which is a, a, a full forced um, battle cry for you know what we were going with with our label and in this industry how it's right. changing and how it's changed us you know and then uh you know, to Next Life, which is the last song on the record, which, you know, deals with people who we love who pass on, you know, like, it's the popular way. You know, we just try to write songs that that connect and and and, and get us singing first, right. you know, and if we can start as band members, start singing and liking the songs to sing along, then we know that, that you know, the fans can because we're going to have to play those songs every day and every night. So right. we have to believe in them first. So I think that's what we've focused on. You mentioned Last Man Standing, and it seems like, you know, since that's come out, it's kind of a sports anthem yeah right right uh, ESPN played it on uh, mm -hmm. Friday Night Fights and the NHL was using it last year right. in the cup finals and sure. I know I've been in sporting events in town I've heard it played nice. a, lot of a few times nice how's that I mean is that how did that those contracts come about or is that well I'm a big sports influence guy right. and I, I think our whole band has become that it's just that it's just a natural mentality because you know sports is about surviving and it's like whatever your team is it's about your team versus the world in some ways and, and it feels like that in this business you know like so many bands so much competition labels are changing the industry's changing people aren't buying the records they are so you know there's this there's this very sports mentality um in our band that's like look if, we're not going to talk about it we're just going to prove it and um it's going to smell real good in here for a minute that's a good <laughs> cut that's a great cut but um you know like you know, there's, there's a big there's a big kind of sense of urgency in our band that, you know, we got to prove it to ourselves right. and prove it to the fans that, hey, you know, we we are a good band. We are, whether you like us, uh, whether you like bands or not is your opinion. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can't judge a, a band that's good or not that's working and writing music that are helping people. And, you know, you're not going to you're not going to please everyone. But Last Man Standing was kind of that that song that started off as motivational piece for us to help us get through just kind of exciting to see that the sports world has yeah. kind of adopted it and it's, it's just kind of taken on had a life right. its own great song it's a great song um boss's daughter you guys were yes. with nick morris on that How right did that come about well you know we had this the album was done and uh we went out to la and um we were gonna just see we didn't know if it would work out but we reached out to mick obviously you know one of our favorite bands of all time is motley Crue. it right. always has been you know and we're a lot like them in a way live you know we're very eccentric mm -hmm. you know faces crazy clothes i mean that's just when we grew up wanting to be rock stars i think all five of us were like that we just didn't want to look like here we are right now and we're just going to go play our instruments on stage you know we took pride in how we looked and how crazy we looked and you know that was the fun of it you know or how glam or how gross or men's makeup I mean, you know right. we didn't care about that we just wanted to just live it you know we wanted to be rock stars and so that motley crew influence was definitely apparent reached out to mick and mix 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 some um, uh publishing company and we, you know, we had similar publishing companies at the time and and uh, they put it together and we thought it's a long shot i mean it was literally one day to work with them and the album was already done so it was like i don't know if we'll be able to get a song in one day but you know it's possible and um sure enough Tony and Mick just put together this insane sick riff yeah, that ends up being the boss's daughter riff that you hear today and uh, didn't know what I was going to write but I remembered when I first heard the the, uh, the music I remembered it just reminded me of 
how, what I really pictured when I've dreamt about being in a rock band. What I would always dream about was just very, very grimy guitars, man, just really dirty bass tone, just a driving drum beat, very simple, and, and just catchy, fun lyrics, you know? Right. Like, I mean, with songs like Monster You Made and 155, like, that are very serious, you know? I wanted people to show, I wanted to show people, you know, our no-brainer kind of right. side, you know? Like, I mean, I'm a fun guy, we're a fun band at the end of the day, too, and we love to party, we love naked women, and, and we <laughs> love who didn't want to sleep with the boss's daughter. I mean, I think every one of us in this band always did, so it was just kind of a nice, fun song that just kind of it was kind of a hail to our past and, and to our to our childhood as young musicians to say hey we are rock and roll stars now whatever that is in today's world i mean you know 10 years ago everyone would know we were rock stars right. now if you say you're a rock star people are like are you really it's like dude seriously we're living it full time we're on the radio what more do you want to be is right so it was kind of like our graduation piece to ourselves to say hey you know like we are doing it it is rock and roll it is full time now and cool. um, The Boss's Daughter was kind of a pioneer song for that and it's just what it, it's just kind of ironic that Mick Mars kind of gave, is a part of it and right. you know a part of Motley Crue in some ways <laughs> a part of this pop evil history book so it's, cool. Uh, it's cool very cool yeah. Um, yeah writing process like the whole band writes together the whole band writes yeah, yeah. All, always I mean that's always been a, like a law for us I mean it doesn't mean you're going to write the single it doesn't mean you're right. going to write the hit but you're not going to have the pressure to write that either you know like we're band for a reason you know we all try to let the con right. concepts come and I don't like that pressure myself having to write everything I mean it's, but you know if I wrote everything it's just going to sound like one way you right. know and that's a cool thing you know Last Man Standing is one of Tony and Matt's songs Monster You Made is one of mine you know and I think what pop evil means is to me is being in a band letting your band I think so many bands forget that it's about letting your bands influence your music you know and band members yeah. influence your music you know it's like the more the concepts they bring to the table, I would have never wrote lyrics for that. Or if they have some cool lyric ideas, you know, they bring, I know Dave's done a lot of stuff lyrically that he's getting more into that with me. And it's just, it's just fun, man. I mean, it's just at the end of the day, the more we all write, you never know where that hidden gem's going to come from. Uh, Monster You Made, you, you, you mentioned that. It's a great song. It's like, Thank you. ballad. It's, you know, right. it's kind of heavy, though. It's right. Like, you know, it's, I think you guys are dropped down to D yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, was that like a person based on personal experience? Or yeah. Was that it's it started off uh, uh, right in, it was conceived in, in 07 uh, you know it was a thought that it was going to make lipstick on the mirror when we were demoing out lipstick on the mirror 155 obviously you can only we only want to put so many on the record because otherwise it, you know we believe it takes away from the other ballads you know if I had a, right. 10 months you made then what good is months you made you know so we wanted it to be very um very pivotal song and at that point you know it was just a demo it was a concept and had an opportunity in the writing process out in LA that we were just was on the beach in Malibu and just really kind of looking at myself in the mirror and um, you know what I was going through with the family and, and my personal life and um, how we've changed and um, you know I just I just felt like all that stuff was going on with Tiger Woods as well you know yeah. it was just like you know wow I mean there's so many songs called Monster and I really had this vibe with Monster and I'd never written anything about a monster so I don't really care what other bands have done yet again. Mm -hmm. but I know there it's a very very cliche term Monster there's tons of phenomenal songs with Monster in the title so I thought you know how could how could I depict this song in a way that was unique and, and fresh and, and but to still make it about me as the negative stuff that I was doing and, and going through and it just it just was magical it just seemed to take on a life of its own and literally was uh 
you know, once we really started rehashing it, was conceived in, in, in a matter of hours. I mean, it didn't, it just oozed on the paper, done, right. and demoed it out. I mean, I think it was done in a five, I mean, demoed out, everything done in like five hours. And it was just, which is really quick if you're, you're really quick in a demo process to be done. Usually it take a couple of days. But, um, and we knew right when, the, right when you, you, you know a song, right when it was demoed, Last Man Standing wasn't as, as obvious. It was kind of got better and better and better and right. better. And we're like, holy cow, this Last Man Standing. But Monster, right from the beginning, you knew it was just gonna, it was gonna impact people in a way, you know, good and bad. It was gonna just have an, it was gonna have an effect, and it's just kind of refreshing and and reassuring to see what it's done. I mean, obviously, yeah. you never know how big it, but it's just, it's, it's becoming our biggest song. I mean, it's just, it's just massive. I mean, it just keeps rolling in. You keep yeah. seeing the new, the new generation of fans that that song alone is bringing to pop people shows. It's incredible. Right. So uh, you guys, you uh, crowds getting bigger and yes. whatnot. Yeah, obviously playing bigger venues. Yeah, I mean we're still new to Pittsburgh, you know, right. which is really exciting. I mean, but overall, you know, normally when we headline, you know, you know, hundred people, maybe two hundred now. You know, you're getting definitely two, three, four hundred a night. I mean, we got a big show in, in Baltimore tomorrow, with like six hundred Hagerstown, Maryland. We've yeah. never even played there, sold out like over wow. eight hundred. So I mean, you know, you got you, you, you people are listening, and, and it's refreshing because you know after touring nonstop yep. since '08. You know, it's it's exciting to see the growth and, and to see the people coming out and, and and giving the music the cred where we feel it deserves. We spent a lot of time and hard work in the music to making it uh, as quality uh, as right. we can, and it's nice to see people come out. Yeah, you guys, I mean, it's a great band. And Thank you, man. I appreciate the it. album. I can't wait to see the show tonight. I it's going to be fun, man. It's going to so, be intimate, too, tonight. It's going to be cool. Um, I don't want to take too much more of your time. Yeah, no problem, so, uh, no problem. Um, What's next for Pop People? Man, nonstop touring. Theory of a Dead Man, uh, spring. So we're really excited. Love Theory of a Dead Man. Those guys are awesome. Good friends of ours. Just tour with them with Three Doors Down over uh, over the, the Christmas season. So, um, you know, and, and then, um, you know, hopefully maybe another tour, summer, uh, figure out what we're doing there. Possibly touring, maybe a single, another single through fall. If not, we'll go right to the studio in fall and, and start recording. So and, hopefully, hopefully a new single by top of the year for you know if it all goes well. Any plans for like a live CD or a DVD um, or anything? You know we've battled that. Actually, it's fun. We were talking about that last night, and uh, you know I haven't really been discussing. I mean, uh, some some of the guys, some of the band members want to. Some of us like me don't. I'd rather wait right. till we get a little bigger and there's more to put on that DVD. I mean, I'd like to see more of a demand for it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to put it out right now. I think that. You know what we could put on that DVD in the next two or three years touring with what's happening now with how the band's getting right. bigger. I think would be a, a little bit more uh, interesting for, for me personally, and I, and I think the band all kind of feels the same way. So, you know, nothing like that yet. We're just you know excited to do this new record, and um, more importantly, excited to see where this uh, War of Angels record's still taking us for an album that almost didn't get released at all because of the difficulties we had with the label. It's it's uh, it's rewarding to see it's done so well. I mean, number three. Two top t two top five singles, mm -hmm. and then now on the, you know on the verge of another top ten single is uh, pretty incredible for a little band from Michigan that was you know <laughs> shouldn't even be here. So um, you know we feel pretty lucky and uh, just want the music to do the talking, man. We're gonna keep writing good. We're gonna I guarantee you we're gonna keep putting out good tunes, man. I mean we can write songs. That was at the end of the day we don't care about any of it. We can write songs. I mean the guys like I said making that a demand for everyone to write. There's always a song in the well, you know what I mean. So I'm not worried about that. So hopefully, God willing, you know, we'll be around for a long time with uh, with a lot of a lot more great tunes. Cool, cool. Yeah, well, good luck for the rest of the tour. Thank uh, you, thank man. You for, uh, thank you for your time. Thanks for taking the time to, to spread the word about our band, man. I love it. Hey, man. It's the big boys with the big noise, and I'm hearing a voice in concert. What's the voice is saying, "Hey, man. Bring the big sound to the big town in 
special guest, Cool and the Gang. Cool is the other side of my pillow. Friday, March 30th at Kunsol Energy Center. Tickets are on sale now. Buy tickets at LiveNation.com. New album, A Different Kind of Truth, available now. All right, that was Lee Pop Evil with uh, Sean. I want to thank Sean and Lee for getting together and do that. Again, they were in town on the 15th of March. If you go to ironcityrocks.com, you can catch out a really cool photo gallery Sean put together of the show. Some really, really cool up-close pictures to take a look at that. So invite you to take a look at that. Again, we are on Facebook, ironcityrocks.com, Twitter, ironcityrocks.com, and ironcityrocks.com all the way across the board. So invite you to check those out. We uh, mentioned earlier in the show a couple contests, a photo of David Ellison autograph, and uh, tickets to meet uh, Great White, hang out at the sound check, and watch the show uh, when they come out to Burgerstown to play the Pepsi Cola Roadhouse. So, lots of cool stuff to check out. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to the show. If you're going to be at the Van Halen concert on the 30th of March in Pittsburgh, you happen to see us. I think the entire staff of Iron City Rocks will be in the house that night. So, uh, promises to be a killer night of rock music. And I think everyone's excited to see Eddie and uh, Dave tear it up uh, at the console so look forward to that as well and we want to thank you we have some uh, really cool guests coming up in the very near future so invite you to stick around for the next episode <laughs>